What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Remember Country Music Podcast. I'm Kyle Corbus. I'm really excited. This is one that I've had on my calendar for a really long time, and uh, or 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 moved it on the calendar for for a while until we were able to figure it out. And I'm really excited because um, she's a great songwriter. She's a great artist in her own right as well. So really excited. Erin Enderlin, thanks for coming hanging out with me. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? I should have asked that yes, before. You did. All right, look at look at me go. Look at me go. Like That's it. my biggest thing in life is I'm really bad at the pronunciation of last names. Always have. And sometimes it's hard, you know. Like, how do you know? It could be Enderline or Enderlin. It you could be. Know. Right. And I'd probably answer all of them. <laughs> I'm sure if someone said <laughs> if someone said it the wrong way, you just let it roll anyway. I love it. So um, why don't we just uh, kind of get started by 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 um, the spark notes version of you and, and who you are and why you found yourself where you are. Um, there's some things that I know that I want to get into, but for the person who may not know you, um, just sure. the, the quick version of who you are. So I'm, I grew up in Arkansas, uh, kind of all over central Arkansas and I got into music really young. I've just loved it. I mean, I think as soon as I could walk or maybe before, um, my parents told me that I snuck up on stage at a show they went to, to try to steal the mic when I was three. So <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, but you know, I lived, there was a lot of music around my my home and my family, and um, I really got into. I think t- two of the main places I got into music were listening to the Opry and uh, watching TNN, cool. um, and I just fell in love with it. The stories and everything else. I started playing piano. I started getting take lessons when I was about five, and. Um, I was that kid that when I was 10 years old, I started writing songs and taking them in for my classmates uh, in music class and playing them and uh, then got into guitar and uh, kind of fell into, there's actually like a a really strong singer songwriter community in Arkansas, which I don't know. I don't know if everybody's as lucky as I was to come up in that, but it it was really great. and, And I got, just a lot of encouragement and a lot of education just from that, just playing music with people. And um, then when I graduated high school, I moved to Nashville and I attended Middle Tennessee State University and uh, I got spoiled really, really quick. I got to work with some really great people in the industry right off the bat. And um, my senior year in college, Alan Jackson cut a song of mine called Monday Morning Church, had Patty Lovas sing on it with him and put it out as a single. So I got to go straight into music full time. That's amazing. Did, did you think that, you know, so let, let's, let's just backtrack in terms of the uh, Arkansas music community, right? There's, there's some artists as of recent, like, you know, I love Mayasa. She's, she's an Arkansas. Uh, yeah. And, and there, there's a ton, right? Like I, we could probably go down a list and just name a handful of them. But, but in terms of growing up in that, in that uh, community and learning fast and probably learning pretty young, um, did you, you know, was, was it inspiring or was there also, cause you know, sometimes people who are in music are like, man, don't like, like you see the negative sides where you're like, Oh, it's like, it's going to take a long time for you to climb. And then it could turn you away. Was it, was it positive in terms of, you know, who you were seeing or, or, you know, which, where you were playing or, you know, anything like that? Yeah. Well, you know, one of my biggest influences was my guitar teacher, Terry Holmes. And when I started taking lessons from him when I was 13, he really started helping me I wasn't as good at being able to take the melodies I had in my head and be able to put them out in music. And so he was amazing because I went in and 
I had taken some different instruments and things where they taught classically and that's amazing. And I wish I had maybe had a little more patience or time with that, but I wanted to play the songs that moved me and I wanted to play the songs that I wrote. And he was awesome because he was like, great, bring in your Reba McIntyre songbook and let's go. You know? yeah. So, I, And maybe that was harder or maybe I couldn't play him quite as well, but um, I loved it. So it made, made me want to right. and started doing it. And um, he was so great. He, I, he taught uh, out of a college there in Conway and he would pull in some of his students if they were in the hall and be like, come listen to this, you know, and stuff, which gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. Uh, because he, he wanted me to play my songs for other people. And he, he had actually gotten to play some with like Chet Atkins and Emilio Harris and folks. So he was like, you know, like people do this for a job. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because you can love some music so much and be doing it and everything else, but not there. Somehow there's like a connection made of like, oh, like I could go to Nashville. Like I could play songs for people. People could record songs. It's um it's an interesting jump or at least it was for me mentally to like picture that um and between him and my uh science teacher miss clanton who i just dearly love her husband is a singer songwriter and he um so she was like oh if you're playing shows and stuff you need to meet my husband and he taught me how to finger pick and started you know let me play open some shows for him and play some stuff around arkansas And so to me, like, it was really encouraging. Um, yeah. It was like you were in music school at a young age without actually being in music school. Cause you were hit, getting yeah. all these different influences from like, you were learning to perform and be on a stage mm-hmm. and also, you know, learning a different type of an instrument. And, and what yeah. I think is like the coolest part is like, you, you hear all these, like, you know, you hear all these folks that come up and they say like, you know, I started singing in church and I started playing in church and like, and I started doing this or that or the school choir, all these different things. But what I love about what you said is, you just wanted to play the songs that you love. Like you wanted to play the songs on the guitar that you really loved. And, and, you know, even me as a, as a kid, right? Like I don't, I don't play any instruments, but I was putting instruments as a young kid, you know, but probably against my own will by my parents, <laughs> but, but I was, I was put into those instruments as a kid. And, you know, now looking back at 25, I think, Oh man, like, I wish I, I wish yeah. I paid more attention because like, I would kill to play some of the songs I love. You know what I mean? I would kill. And and I I guess I tried again. I tried again in college, but all I ever wanted to do is be able to play the five, six chords or whatever it is so that I could just play some of my favorite country songs. That's all I really cared about. I didn't want to like- It's never too late. It's never too late, but I just don't think I'm that good. (laughs) I I don't know. I just well, don't that's a musical ear, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I always loved it. And I actually went to boarding school for two years at the oh, end wow. of my high school career. And um, there was a great community of, of folks there that played. And um, we'd sit downstairs after school during our uh, free hour and, and play songs. And we had like a school coffee house once a year. And cool. I got to take a class called Folk Music and Acoustics my senior year, where like our senior project was to learn um the, uh, the weight and performance and stuff wow. like that, make a mandolin and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I just was really lucky to have a lot of music and different kinds of music yeah. around. Me. So you mentioned Reba, right? And obviously, uh-huh. you know, the one thing that I think draws me to you is, is, you know, besides your songwriting career as an artist is, is your sound is very traditional and it's, it's, it's great because I've been saying this for a few weeks, actually, just, based on other guests that I've had on the show in terms of term, especially in terms of, um, you know, 
female country music and 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 where that's going and i think that there's a lot of this more traditional sound that you're starting to hear and i love it i think it's so great um but as a kid right like are you let, let me word this like this they always say that you go through a point of time where you listen to your parents music and then eventually you find uh -huh. your own love for music and then at some point you kind of go back to what your parents listen to uh -huh. because you realize you liked a lot which is exactly what happened to me but as a kid, were you always set in this older school country sound, like you said, Reba and Emily Harris? Is, is uh, and I brought a Conway Twitty record to show and tell when I was five. So oh, I love it. <laughs> and I was gone. Which one so, was it? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the Dream Maker. Oh, yeah. That's great. And, uh, you know, I remember watching Ralph Emery's show, and I looked it up recently, and I would have been four and a half, and huh? I saw Reba on their and I was like, oh my gosh. And that was the first time that I was like, girls do this too. Cause I grew up yeah. a lot of time listening to my grandpa's record collection and different things. And I was four and a half. So, I mean, I don't know how much realization you have yeah. or whatever, but I just remember something about that performance really sparking something about not wanting to just listen or watch, but wanting to do. Yeah. Love that. I love that. I think it's really cool because like, you're right. Like the re representation at that time wasn't so, you know, woman rooted right because like you said well maybe it was i actually about, i mean there was a lot there was a lot but you like were listening I, to is not that yeah kt oslin i was like so hooked on her by the time you know i was like five all i wanted to rent was patty patsy klein's autobiography video yeah. and a collection of kt oslin music videos from awesome. the video store and you know i was i feel like i was really really lucky to grow up during a time when Man, I just, we, some women were kicking butt. I yeah. mean, not that, you know, I think the greatest compliment is just to get to be an artist and do yeah. your thing. But I definitely, there were so many women that um, I got to see a little piece of myself in or imagine myself in. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up listening from to everybody from Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, uh, Reba, um, a lot of singer songwriters like Julie Miller, um, cool. Patty Loveless, Trish Yearwood, Pam Tillis, Terry Clark. I mean, Susie Boggess. There, there were just so many. Like, and I almost hate to start naming people because I just love so much of their music and, yeah. and artistry, Did, which is awesome. It's awesome that you don't have a short list. <laughs> I think it's so cool to have a long list, right? Because, I mean, I'll, I'll throw myself in the conversation. When people ask me who I love, like who who are my ten favorite artists. I can't give you ten. Can give you yeah. 50 can't give you 10 you know I what can i mean give you 10 artists that i love but don't ask me to make it like a top 10 <laughs> yeah don't ask me to make it a top 10 because i could probably give you 40 more and that top yeah. 10 is probably going to change in a month you know what i mean right so I, I i really love that and, and i think it's really cool when you, when you have someone like yourself on here where where um you know you're really passionate about this stuff and you're and you're really uh it just drives you and 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 when you talk about it, you can tell just by the way you, you express yourself on your face, right? About how cool you think it is. And then you think back and you say, okay, at one point I was a 10 year old kid or a five year old kid bringing my Conway Twitty record to show and tell. Now I'm doing this stuff for a living. Like how cool is that? Yeah. And I was, I was actually the only girl in my kindergarten class. So that probably saved me from, you know, <laughs> still being able to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> probably All the guys were just like is this what what <laughs> <laughs> who <Okay>. is that <laughs> that's amazing that's so awesome so so for for you right like you go through 
this whole community in Arkansas. Then you go to Middle, Middle Tennessee and you kind of get thrown in pretty fast. Was there a culture shock for you or was it like, a, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. Like, like what were those, those difficulties that you were going through? Cause you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who, who now, well now, especially go to school for, for the music side of things. And, 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 you know, that's how they want to prolong their career at, I've heard places yeah. like Middle Tennessee, but also like Belmont and there's, you know, there's a ton. Right. But, um, what are those struggles that you went through as a, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old? You know, it was awesome to be able to go to school. And I also benefited from, they have a Southern common market pro, uh, project. So I got to go for in-state tuition. Oh, cool. Um, which was awesome. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of reasons why I wanted to go to college. I mean, I think my parents had, they had sacrificed a lot and done a lot of work for me to be able to do that. And, um, it was really great because I knew how to go to school, right? You know, <laughs> I'd been doing that. So, and I met a lot of great folks and there were a lot of amazing instructors there too, that have worked in the industry and people that you could ask questions of and learn from that. There was no agenda, yeah. you know, like, I mean, it's tough. Some it's tough when you come to town and I mean, there's so many great people here, but obviously everybody's looking for something. You want something. And to be able to say, I'm just a student. I just don't want you to fill up my brain with this stuff. Right. Uh, is a great um, position to be in. Yeah. And I remember coming the first year, I just wanted to go out to as many shows as I could and just soak it up and listen. I mean, I remember going to the Bluebird for the first time and just, I mean, there's, you get so spoiled being yeah. here, with the music that you get to hear. I mean, I used to go out about every week and I'd get to hear Tony Lane and Danny Dill and, just incredible artists, Leslie Satcher and Matresa Berg, um, Kim Ritchie. <laughs> you get to hear like the best of the best. Uh, so I tried to go to school like that too, just soaking it up before I'd even go out and play. And then um, I tried out to play at the Bluebird the summer after my first year here. They had, I don't know if they still do it that way, but they had like quarterly tryouts you could do. <laughs> And I was such a weirdo. I mean, I wore like a pantsuit to go try out in. I'm very, very serious. I think I'm aging backwards in some way. <laughs> I was very serious about my craft and um, dress to impress. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. And they had so many things here too that were even just free and open learning opportunities from yeah. ASCAP, where I was, had great people that would come talk or the school did. And NSAI, there was just so much to get to learn and soak up um, and to get to start writing. I had not co-written really before. So to start writing with some of the folks that I went to school with and doing different things and then uh, started playing out, doing those kind of things. And I, and I was lucky to meet a lot of great folks. You know, Chad Green was my awesome. person at ASCAP and he um, had a thing he did where he chose like eight or 10 young writers to come in and, and once a week, I think for like eight weeks, you get to go up to ASCAP after hours and he would bring in um, a professional songwriter and they tell you their story kind of, and uh, you got to play them a song and get feedback oh, and things so cool. like that. Yeah. And I they brought in, do you remember who they brought in? Um, now you're going to say that and I'm not going to be able to say names. Um, <laughs> Which I couldn't. Things. I really thought about it. It was it was twenty years ago. <laughs> okay, that's all right. But um, 
but I just remember it being great. And I remember really loving getting to meet those other writers there too. Yeah. You could see you kind of had a group sure. that you were going with. Um, and I, when I, I guess I was my second, first or second year in town, uh, I met Rick and Janice Carnes nice. who have written amazing songs. I actually wrote Reba's first number one hit. Uh, can't even get the blues no more. A um, bunch of other stuff. And they, for some reason, let me start writing with them, which was amazing. And um, Ralph Murphy had a blog at the time, which is now a book called Murphy's Laws about songwriting. And I really looked at that and different influences like that to try different things, like write a different kind of song, do, you know, try one that starts with a chorus first do the you know different kinds of stuff just to go through the motions and i had read that harlan howard had said you should just write 100 songs and then throw them away like <laughs> you needed to get through the process like and i get that because i think sometimes especially starting out for me you want to be so precious with things because you want to make sure they're right and sometimes you're going to have to write through stuff several songs before you get it the way you want or sometimes you're going to learn something from a song that you wrote that it may not get cut or something like that, but you're going to take that to a different song. And so that was, you know, when I got, I just tried to, I wanted to write a hundred songs when I got there, start doing that thing. And then my junior year um, in college, I met Jeff Carlton, uh, Reese Fall first, who was an artist development, worked at a publishing company with Jeff and Jeff started working with me and I played in Monday morning church and, and he, um, took me in with his own money and paid for me to get to go in with all the, you know, a players in town and demo five of my songs, which, um, I'm sure you've had guests talk about that before, but it is the craziest, coolest thing. I mean, yeah. my first session I went in and Eddie Bayers is standing there. I mean, oh he's basically a drum God. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I got to play with him and, and Tammy Rogers, Tammy Rogers King, who you hear in the steel drivers and stuff. Now she played fiddle on my first, wow. uh, and to me, like that is the, there's a lot of cool moments, but if, when you're in the studio and you have something that you've got this little thing that you've got, and then you see these incredible musicians bring it to life. I yeah. mean, it is like magic. Yeah. That's pretty cool because it takes this one little thing that you, that you thought of, you said, Oh, this is an idea, right? Let's write it down. Yeah. And now they're bringing it to life. It's like this thing that wasn't alive <laughs> that has now got a heartbeat. Yeah. And like people that you admire that are nonetheless, you know what I mean? Um, so that's gotta be the coolest thing in the world for me. That that's like, that's like watching your hero walk into a room and tell you that you're awesome. Like that's, that's pretty sweet. Right. That's gotta, that's gotta mean something. It's um, incredible. Yeah. That's really awesome. And then, you know what I think is, is, is also, you know, great advice is, you know, like you said, it's okay to write a hundred songs, get them all out there. And then, throw it all away. You know what I mean? Like that's like, that's totally okay. And I think there's, there's a lot of young people that, that, you know, think that, you know, if they write 20 songs and none of them really get anywhere, they're starting to fail, which is not, not true. Not true at all. Um, and I always say like, you never really fail. You just learn and right. that learning experience will take. And that's another thing, right? Like you like also, like you said, is that, you know, you can write something, and maybe this one part of this song 
you'll take it to another song, even if the rest of yeah. it's just in the garbage. I think that's so important for so many people. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really, really, I think that's awesome. I've heard folks say too, don't be afraid to suck. And I definitely take that to heart because yeah. I can't, I mean, I've done it myself too, but I can't, you know, like you'll go into writing an appointment and sometimes it's really intimidating. You're like, I think this is really stupid, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the thing is you just have to be fearless to say whatever is in your head outside for other people to hear. That sure. is the thing. <laughs> and, and if it makes you feel any better to, to, to start off the sentence by saying, I think this sounds dumb, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. At least it gets out, right? <laughs> at least it gets, that's what I do. If I think, if I think something in my head just sounds dumb, I'm like, listen, I might sound like an idiot. But I'm just going to say be really it because, great. yeah, and maybe not. Maybe you sound like a genius. You know what I mean? So I, I yeah. think it's uh, it's you get 50-50 shot, and that's great. Um, yeah. I think there's something to be said about, you, you know, you were mentioning how uh, really, really early on you got into these rooms with these big writers and, and and you know, you somehow found yourself in a room with these people. I think there's two sides to that, and I'm curious on your take. And this is just stuff I've gathered over the last few years and whatever, but I think that there is something to be said about putting yourself in a room where you know everyone's better than you because you mm -hmm. only have room to get better. You're basically learning from the best and that's priceless. But there's also on the flip side of it, there's also something to be said about the best learning from the, the youth, right? Because right. eventually, and I feel like everyone always talks about this, but music always evolves no matter what, right? And mm -hmm. getting in there with that younger head might lead you to something brilliant that you didn't know you could get there if you didn't start writing with this 18-year-old kid that just moved to Nashville, right? The yeah. story that I take away is uh, Jeffrey Steele told me once that he started writing with, um, um, why am I blanking on his name? Lead singer, Cadillac 3, um, Jaron. Jaron? Jaron, yeah. So he started writing with Jaron when Jaron was really young and they came up with some really great stuff, but he had to give Jaron a shot. Um, so I think there's two sides to that. Would you agree? Yeah. Well, and I think, I think most everybody knows too, that there, there's something to be said for putting in time and working on your craft and, yeah. and doing that stuff. But also like the muse is lightly held. Yeah. So, I mean, we're just all, we're all showing up with a blank page. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's so true because you're writing the slate. I just, I just think that the, the, the concept of it is so cool because, because you're, there's nothing that's set in stone. Everything can change. Yeah. And I think that's really encouraging for an 18 year old kid that wants to move to Nashville and says, hey, I want to write with Aaron. Right. And you know, you're going in there with the, as much respect for them as they are going in there with you. I mean, obviously there's, there's levels, but I think that that's the coolest thing about the songwriting community, about country yeah. music in general. But, um, I think that that's awesome. I don't know if you see that in any other genres in terms of songwriting, just the the generational gap that has this one common thing that makes masterpieces. I can think of several examples of, of that, that just, it's really cool. And I mean, I don't know, I feel so lucky that I just have always really loved country music. Um, I love the history of it, the stories, the, the people and, um, you know, it is hard. It's really hard. And sometimes in ways you don't expect to do something like this, but it's also rewarding in ways you don't expect and amazing. Um, and, you know, it's not always the, it's like everything else, I guess, you know, you tell God your plans uh, if you want to make him laugh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's just always so much cool stuff and things that you wouldn't imagine. I mean, I feel like a kid in a country music candy store most of the time. I love that. I love that because I feel that way too every time I 
talk to someone like you or, or, you know, like two months ago, I went back to the hall of fame for the first time and I walked around there. Like I was, you know, looking at a, a brand new, never before seen technology or something for the first time, yeah. you know, like, and it's funny. Cause like I was there with people who, you know, appreciated it, but definitely didn't care as much as I did. Um, and I took forever to walk through that. And I walked around and I said, Whoa, look at this. Can you look at this? Do you see that? Right. And I like, I like took a chance to read every little thing just so I could soak it in. And I guess that's when you're passionate about something, you do that. Right. But, um, I love that that's how you feel because I think that that's the best. I'm I'm going to say this on your website. You wrote uh, one of the best things about country music is that it's adult music. And I truly believe that because people always say like, what do you like, you know, being from Northern New Jersey, as you know, like there's, there's not, there's a lot of country music fans up here, uh, but there's um, not as many um, passionate country music fans is the way I'll put it. Um, people like listening to it and they, they like to have fun with it. Um, but few feel the way I do when it comes to uh, the way a song makes me feel. Right. So, um, and I realized that pretty quick that there, you know, that there are songs that'll make me feel a certain way. And that's why it's adult music, right? It, it makes me laugh when I'm happy. It makes me cry when I'm happy and makes me cry when I'm sad. You know what I mean? And I think that that's the best part about it across the board. Um, and that's what yeah. makes it so great, right? That's why you love studying it. And that's why you love to soak it in and write it and obviously and perform it yourself. But I, I just, I love that aspect of the genre. I feel like I don't get that from other genres personally, me, someone else might, yeah. but me personally, that's what I get from this genre. And it feels so I good. How, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love how real it is and how just, yeah. you know, so many times in my life, I've been going through something or whatever, and you hear a song and you're like, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you don't want to listen to Shakespeare every <laughs> all day, every day. Um, so it's great to have fun songs and things too. But, but personally, I'm a, you know, I love story songs. I love, um, just getting in the guts of the human experience. I love that. Me too. Do you remember the first song that you uh, really, for the first time, it clicked in your head that this is what you wanted to do? I know you played growing up, you know, you've been, a, you've been around it as a kid and it was just something you always did, but was there a song or, or something that you did where you like had this light bulb switch in your head and you said, Oh man, like this is where I want to go with my life. No matter how I'm going to get there, I'll get there in some aspect. This is what I want to do. Um, I mean, I go back to the Reba singing on the Ralph Emery show. Yeah. I think she, she was doing somebody should leave on that show. And cool. Love that song. Uh, man, it's just so incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't really know. I was so young when I just, it, I don't remember a time when country music wasn't a part of my life. That's cool. But, um, you know, I remember the first time I played for people and that feeling and encouragement. Um, you know, I played, the first time I really played in public for anybody, I did a song that I had written for my high school talent show uh, when I was 16. And you know, I was nervous. I mean, I don't think it wasn't like everybody I grew up with was listening even to what I was listening to sure. um, or that kind of thing. And, and, you know, I think so, you know, maybe it was a lot the the folks that I went to high school with, like the fact that they did 
they didn't belittle what I was doing. I don't remember any negative reaction. I mean, they were just like, that's awesome. Like you got cool. it there and you did it. Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. You, you, sometimes you don't, you don't hear that. So I think that's really cool that, that that's what you're getting. And and you know what, there's something to be said about all the, all of your friends not listening and liking what you're liking. It doesn't mean <laughs> it's not cool. It actually might make it cooler that you think it's that cool and they just don't listen to it. Believe me, there are so many times where I'm sitting around with my buddies and I'm like, man, you should hear this song. Like this person wrote it and that person wrote it. And I actually know this guy. And they're like, man, like, that's really cool and all, but we don't care. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? at least they let me go yeah. right like they could just tell me to shut up but at least they let me go and uh i don't know i just think that that's cool i think it's cool that that you can sit there and, and tell yourself that you know you had the you have the chops to get yeah. up there and, at 16 and play against all your classmates right and play up there you know in front of all your classmates and and maybe they didn't know what was going on but it's really cool that you're able to do that and they even were like you know what that's cool so um and i think that's something awesome that you know, Nashville can be kind of tough in a different way, but yeah. most people, they want to love what you do. I mean, because mm -hmm. they want to have a good time. They want to enjoy themselves. They're not looking to have a bad night. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. I, 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 I agree. And it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, you know, people always say when they go to Nashville, it's like, oh yeah, I walked from this bar and this person was playing. And no matter what, no matter where they go and who they see, if they go to Broadway or Midtown or, or go to a songwriter's round or just go to some, you know, dude playing a cover set, no matter what you see, everyone always comes back with this, at least one same comment. And it's no matter where you went, the talent was insane. It didn't matter who you saw. The talent was ridiculous. And that goes back to, and I'm sure you've had these experience. I'm interested to hear um, your thoughts, but um, that goes back to, you know, people who moved to Nashville to go play music. And then yeah, I've heard, I've heard it time, time and time again. I went there, I thought I was good. And then I moved to Nashville. Right. And you're like, oh, then there's like a hundred people that are just as good, if not better, um, yeah. which makes it so intimidating. But I also think that it helps you grow a lot. So. For sure. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I don't take for granted at all. I was really, really um, blessed to be able to get into music so quickly in such a way. Um, I had the Alan Jackson cut and a Randy Travis cut. Yep back to back and I got a record, so crazy. Um, an arts development deal in RCA records. And I mean, I got to go in and cut my songs. I mean, when I was singing my songs, I was in the studio next to where George Jones was recording stuff for his, one of his records. And I mean, it's like, this is crazy. And I mean, it was overwhelming. And I think sometimes maybe it felt weird because I, I was in rooms where I knew everybody who was there and I just yeah. you know, really looked up to so many people. And then for having people watch me, it was really intimidating. And, sure. um, you know, I think the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, it doesn't matter. Like you need to, whatever makes you happy, what moves you just do it and, and really try to, being yourself is the hardest and easiest thing you can yeah. do. And, you know, it's like you were talking about every nose just one step closer to a yes. You just yeah. got to find your people. How, how did you learn to um, control the feeling of overwhelmness? Like when you were in a spot where it was just a lot. I mean, again, like you said, you were young. It's, it's, it's not like, you, you know, you, you were doing this for 10 years. Like you were new to this and you're very evergreen. So like, you know, how did you, how were you able to control those feelings? Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know that I always did super well. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm kind of an introverted extrovert. I do remember when I went to my first um, award show that uh, I want to say it was the NSAI Songwriter Hall of Fame, but it might have been the ASCAP Awards. No, it would have been the Songwriter Hall of Fame and the and, and NSAI when they used to do theirs together. Cool. And all of a sudden, all of these people that I knew, like this was right after Money Morning Church was out. Nice. All these people that I knew and just, you know, like had cut out articles and stuff in my walls of, in high school in my songwriting corner knew who I was and I got really overwhelmed. And I walked outside, I just went outside and standing there was my all time favorite, Matresa Berg, who like, I mean, she's just, I don't know. She was like somebody that I really connected with her yeah. writing and she's standing there um, smoking and she was like, it's too much in there. And she was like, do you want a cigarette? And I was like, I don't even smoke, but yes, I'm just gonna <laughs> there and like pretend. Um, it's so, but, awesome. you know, I think it's like, like us, like music for me, because I was kind of shy and kind of introverted and maybe felt awkward. Music has always, I still love people. I love meeting people and music yeah. is that bridge for me. I mean, like if it wasn't for music, I wouldn't probably have ever met you and had this conversation, but we have a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's great because although it may not seem it and the ones that are probably listening probably don't agree with what I'm saying. I'm very much an introvert extrovert as well. Uh, I love talking to people. I can talk to a brick wall. That's great. But there's a lot of feelings inside when I'm put in a situation that I'm very uncomfortable in that I may never show. You might not see it, but because I put on a front, but, at, but there's this little guy inside of me saying, just go home. I just want to watch movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's, there, there's that part of it too. And I think that, you know, I agree. Music almost always bridges that gap for me, even when, I know that I just don't want, like, even, even when I know I'm going to be overwhelmed, if it's something that's musically, um, that's musically involved in any way, right. I, that almost all goes away. I can go to any concert. I can go to any show. I can do whatever. Um, but I think you're yeah. right. It, it's all that starting point, that, that foundation, that music foundation that really propels you. And it's awesome. And I think the more you meet people and get to know people, you start to really have like actual friends in the room that you yeah. can talk to and know and connect with. Um, and to a certain extent, I mean, I think it's maybe good that you're always a little bit scared, a little bit nervous. I mean, yeah. you know, that's part of living. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gotten to play the Opry quite a few times now and I was lucky enough, I kind of had like a quarter life crisis thing where I went and got a job um, working as a hostess at the Opry for a couple wow. of years um, on my time off. And, you know, it was so cool that it happened the way it did. Cause I don't know that I would have been able to do it. I mean, I really felt like I had like 30 grandmas cheering for me. That's so cool. The first time I, they feel like family. Like yeah. when I walked out on that stage, um, and I don't know that I could have done it without them. Yeah. Is, uh, is it what they say is true is when you step in that circle for the first time, all the nerves just kind of brush away and for some reason you can just do it. Or is that just a total BS lie that people have made up? You know, I don't know. It felt like home to me. Yeah. That's cool. 
And I think I got really nervous afterwards. I think maybe you just like leave your body. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then you just overthink so everything you did in that moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you get to get into staying up all night and wondering about every single thing. <laughs> did I say hi to that person I walked past when I walked onto the stage? Was I loud enough? Did I sound okay? You're just overanalyzing every little yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine that that would be, uh, that would be uh, pretty, pretty crazy, but it's really cool that the, in a, room where you probably couldn't feel more uncomfortable you were so comfortable because there are yeah. all those people there waiting for you and that's pretty cool and you start to figure out that all of us all of us have insecurities yeah. and we all just want to be loved uh, yeah. for who we are and um you can't wait until you're ready for something because you'll never be ready for it yeah. i mean you just do it and love it and, and you know, you follow your heart and you'll end up in the right place. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. That's really, really cool. I love it. So we've talked about your writing. We've talked about that whole side of your story. Um, I want to spend a few minutes here and just dive into this record you put out earlier this year. Um, just because I love it. And I think it's really, really good. And I have some favorites on it. Um, but I just want to talk about it. This is your first release probably as a project, right? Since 2021. Am I making that up? Or am I wrong? Uh, yes. Okay. So it's called... Uh, Baru Mirrors. I want to talk about it. so good. I love it. I love it. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, I when everything. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into the whole thick of it, but when everything kind of shut down and I had to come off the road for a little bit, mm -hmm. I wanted to pour myself into creativity. I wanted to do something that made me happy and I loved, and so. Uh, a friend of mine who had actually just kind of moved back to Nashville and opened a studio here. We went in and we did this record really differently, but I just went in and started just recording songs that I love that I've written that I had never gotten to record just my guitar and singing. And then it kind of grew and we started and I was like, you know what, let's just send it around to some yeah. folks and uh, send it to some, some musicians that I love and kind of built it that way. And, um, I think it was really awesome too, because I love that it helped, it, it let me keep like in constant, I put out a lot of songs kind of individually. I did it as a EP first, yeah. um, but I have to like make a lot of cool video content with it and yeah. play it and share it with people um, in a way that I think let me focus on one song at a time a little more. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it just was something really positive to, to get into. And, um, I produced this project myself That's so which cool. was the first time, which I had great engineers, uh, both were amazing. And so obviously they were a huge part of it and I could not have done it without them. Um, but that was something that was scary to me too. And playing guitar on it myself, oh. which I don't know that I'll be doing that on future projects, but, <laughs> um, I think, having the chance to just go out there and, and put myself on the line in a couple of different ways was really cool. Yeah. What did it, how did it feel when you stepped out of the box and especially like, you know, like my word doesn't mean much, but I'm sure that if I feel a certain way about this project, there's many more that feel a certain way. So, you know, being able to put yourself out of this box in terms of producing, in terms of playing guitar. And I'm sure that there are other things where, where you felt uncomfortable. You said, screw it. I'm just going to throw myself to the wind and see what happens. But to be able to put out this 11 song project and, and to have so many different 
fingerprints on different areas of this project and it'd be this good. I mean, that's got it. That's for that. Once it finally was out there to the world, it had to feel so good and a, a huge weight. It must've been lifted off your shoulders. I mean, it's incredible. And just to get to, to get to have the time in my life to write songs and to, rec and to record them and to have the ability to do all that. I just, I really don't take it for granted. I guess maybe I'm being cheesy and emotional right now, kind of, but um it's all i ever wanted to do and so to be able to just be creative like that and to get to do that and um work with so many amazing people there's just not really a much better feeling yeah. uh i just love that you love this stuff so much i think that's for me that's i always i, I don't know I I started like I said I started this because I wanted to mix two things that I love the most and and that being conversation meeting new people and and country music and uh but not as often as you might think often but not incredibly often you get someone like yourself who loves this stuff to the point where you're you wake up you think about yeah. it in the middle of the day you think about it you go to sleep you're thinking about it and it's not you're thinking about it because it's driving you crazy you're just thinking about all these different things that inspire you that you love that gives you that butterfly feeling or something you could talk yeah. about forever. It just puts a smile on your face. That's how I personally am. And I honestly, I didn't think there are other people out there until I started doing this. I felt like I was, and obviously there are, but I'm just naive to this little section of the East coast that isn't like that. And all I ever wanted was to meet people that thought the same way I did and mm -hmm. that you had the same drive that I did. And Again, I had no idea that people can make careers out of yeah. doing certain things and they can, and there's so much aspect to it that's so great. And I just love your drive and your passion for it. And it shows in this project one. I think that's just so you. fantastic. Um, it really is. We all have one life. And I mean, I just I there's a great quote um that I actually have on my board over here, but um by Emma Bombeck. And it basically says that when I stand before God at the end of my life, uh, I hope that I would not have anything left uh, because I hope that I used it all. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm paraphrasing to a certain extent, but um, you know, even just the last couple of weeks, sometimes I just want to pinch myself with the stuff I get to do and music it's just so powerful and amazing the different things you get to do and be a part of. I mean, just this week, I Tuesday, I flew all the way over to Washington State and I got to work with an amazing group of military vets and uh, first responders and write a song with them, so um, which is just so amazing. And also like, so most, there was one woman there who had written some songs, but most of them had not written a song before. And to be able to watch that magic of yeah. being able to tell your story come out for the first time is so cool. Um, and then I flew down to Arkansas where I got to play in the Levon Helm Festival in his hometown and meet so many people. And I, I heard a couple people in the, in the crowd, like naming off songs or uh, lyrics. And I'm just like, this is insane like how like people listen you know like you know this <laughs> yeah. and then i came back to nashville and last night i got to go to the uh hall of fame inductions and watch heroes of mine have the ultimate basically recognition in yeah. in our business and today i went and 
wrote with my one of my very best friends, Sonny Sweeney, and uh, an amazing new friend, Trisha Yearwood, who I just, I mean, who's just I, you know, not even in my mind explodes. This is like just in five days. <laughs> um, so, and now you know, I'm sitting here talking with you, and I'm you know, feel like probably through this, I might meet new people through your podcast all over the world that I've never met before. It's just so amazing and it, you know, it has been scary and tough and everything sometimes and you do have to put your heart out on your sleeve and some people are going to say, you suck, this is terrible, like, does she, did her mom pick out that outfit, like, whatever, you know, <laughs> board warriors are going to say, but then you're going to have people that connect with something that you wrote, that you meet because of something you yeah. say, that maybe they were at a really bad place in their life and they heard a song that you sang and it made a difference and that's just incredible to me i mean it's awesome I it's, it's so amazing. awesome i i i love that you said that um because there are people that um listen and i know that they are trying to do everything that you've done before right and they're trying to figure it all out and trying to get that cut or get in that room with someone and maybe they're intimidating maybe they're not um, but you know, the one thing is like, you know, people say sometimes, okay, well, why do, why do I got to keep going? Right. And you know, if you love it, you will, and it'll all be worth it and you'll just keep working and you'll keep working. I think that that's really important. And, um, you know, passion drives and mm -hmm. if you're passionate about it, you'll take it far and it'll go as far as you want it to go. And I think that that's, that that's the best advice is. You know, yeah. if you want it, you, you'll go and get it. And I think that's really great. Um, it's really cool that you were in the room with Trish Yearwood. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty that's awesome. Um, but like like we said before, right? You're really busy. But sometimes busy is a really good thing. And you did a yeah. lot of cool things in the last five days. And that's awesome. Now you deserve some rest. But a lot of cool things in the last five days. And that's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty cool. It's awesome. And, the, you know, this record, like each of my records because i guess you know you start to feel like you're, you're they're your little song babies and things but, <laughs> um you know it's just so cool it's so cool to be able to put that out there and get to do what you love and i mean i'm sure that you have a lot of folks that listen to your to your show like you said that i hope <laughs> they want to do it and i hope that you do i hope that you follow your heart and um you know, don't get caught up in, in one moment or tripping over something. I've, I've yeah. done plenty of, just, it's the journey. Just keep doing it. Keep following your heart and, and making the music you love. And if you love it, someone else is going to love it. I love that. It's so fantastic. If you love it, someone else is going to love it. And that's a hundred percent true. Um, while we close this out here, what did, can you pick a favorite song? I know you just said song babies, so it's going to be hard. I know. Uh, <laughs> my, I'll tell you my favorite and then you can okay, perfect. go from there. How about that? Um, it's toss up, but I think if I had to pick my favorite one that like when I heard it for the first time, I really sat back and gave it a listen. Weddings, funerals, and empty hotel bars. Love that song. Fantastic story from beginning to end. I know exactly what I'm listening to. Uh, I, I think it's so good. I love it. Thank you. What is your favorite? You got 11 songs, um, but you got to pick one. What is your favorite today? Because tomorrow might change. I don't know. I have so many favorites i do love that song um so good 
that song to me i love also because stephanie lambrin that i wrote wrote it with we sat down and i was like so i have this like long rambling title and i think it's just like a stream of consciousness thing that i want to write that's like probably like four minutes <laughs> it'll be a four minute ballad like and she was like yes those are the <laughs> best it. ones though the really long ones where you could really engulf yourself for the best songs yeah. it's so great uh, and so so yeah i love that and i'm really proud of of how it turned out another favorite of mine that i think i have to mention is uh if there weren't so many damn songs because i got to write it with one of my great friends kayla ray and then uh terry clark was kind enough to come in and and sing on it and um you know she certainly doesn't have to take time out of her schedule to do things like that so it was really incredible she's somebody that um I really looked up to you for a yeah. long time and she's just total badass. So that was so cool to see. Special. That was so cool to see. That's so great. I love it. Um, what's up, what's up next for you for, for the people that are listening. Uh, I know you, you know, you were just on the road for a while and you're, you're going back out for December, right? November too. Maybe yeah. I've got some uh, different things here and there. I'm going to Florida tomorrow, but cool. <laughs> Jeez, you're, you're just on the run. You, you don't Everywhere, you don't all the time. Yeah, you should just be in be in the car and just be on the run. I know. I just unpacked my suitcase and I was like, "Wait, what am I doing? I have to pack this suitcase <laughs> just, just to do laundry so you can put it all back in." Yeah, that's amazing. Oh. So, so, so you're going back on the road, and then, and then to close out the years, is, is there anything uh, in particular that you have on your radar that you're really excited about? Um, I'm going to be playing some shows coming up, and I'm also writing quite a bit right now. I'm kind of starting to think about what i would want a next project to be like um and so just uh i i don't know also for me right now i've kind of had a moment where i've been really like letting myself go back to indulgences in some ways in terms of i think maybe i'm a little left brain right brain to be a creative person but sometimes I feel like you always have to be doing, 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 and not being. And I've really been trying to write. And also part of that writing process being that watch a movie, read a book, yeah, go to a live show. Um, so I think those are things that I'm really looking forward to and just letting that well fill up. I, I know I'm going to have some rights before the end of the year that I'm excited about and also, I'm going to see, I think next week I'm going to go see uh, Emmylou Harris is doing a show. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to get to go see the Time Jumpers in the next week or two, oh, which is amazing. And uh, my buddy Wendy Moten is singing with them. And she just like makes me want to melt into a puddle of happiness. <laughs> um, and so I think I'm just looking forward to right now just being in that part of the cycle of yeah. just taking things in and writing a bunch and starting to see which ones of those songs kind of resonate with you and yeah. make you want to start looking at a new record, new song. Awesome. All inspiration, right? I think that's incredible. I love it. There's so many as aspects that give people inspiration. Like, like you said, I've heard books, I've heard other people's music. I've heard movies, which was a new one as of recent. And I was like, you know, and that's actually, not that far, but it's not as crazy as I made it sound in my head, but um, I think that's great to have other creative outlets yeah. and, and to look forward to 
um, more music and more projects and and writing songs and just expressing yourself musically. I think that's really awesome. Aaron, you are so cool. Um, I think you're an awesome writer. I think you're an awesome artist. And I just love your personality and your vibe. And and you got a really good head on your shoulders and you're incredibly talented. So thank you for taking the time to hang out with me today, talk about your story and um, how you found yourself where you are. So thanks so much. Well, and right back at you. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for reaching out to me and um it's just been really cool to just hang out a little bit and talk about some music it, huh yeah the simplest concept and it brings me so much joy and i love it so much but um thank you again i appreciate it come by anytime you know, whenever you want to hang out let me know if you want to put some more stuff out and you want to say hey kyle let's talk about it i'm always down awesome. i'm always down for for, for returning i think that's the best part about this whole thing but everybody um you can go follow uh, aaron on instagram at aaron enderlin all one word and stay up to date with post their uh, tour tour announcements and, and where she's going to be playing and song stuff and all that great content. You can also find that on on her website, erinenderlin.com. Uh, there's a tour tab. I also recently found out that Barroom Mirrors is on vinyl uh, as of when I was looking on your tour schedule today. So I will be buying, um, but <laughs> to, to fulfill my, my vinyl addiction, but um, you can go and get all that good stuff on our website as well. Um, I'll leave you with this. I feel like this has been a really inspirational uh, episode in terms of um, just going through your music journey and your life journey and and how you can find yourself in different spots and how you can overcome those things. And I think that's really cool. And that's a big reason why I started this. Buddy Cannon told me once, and it's the simplest quote ever, but it is the greatest thing I think I've heard in the last like five years. If it doesn't work today, it might work tomorrow. It's very simple, it. but it's true. Um, and I love it. So if if you're listening right now and, and you need a little boost of information, take it that way. If it doesn't work today, it might work tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, wherever you listen to pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You know the spiel. I say it every week. Um, and go stream it and go share it with your friends and do all that good stuff. I'm Kyle Corbus. That's Aaron Anderlin. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.